Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to The Fifth Down. I'm your host, Jose. With me tonight are Brad and Junie. What's up, guys? What's going on? Ready for the gobble-gobble. Ready for some turkey day. Yep. Ready for Thanksgiving. That is always a great time. Great time of the year, turkey time. Yeah, a lot to be thankful uh, for. Oddly, though, turkey time this year is also the beginning of free agency um, in the NBA. With... Uh, this weird COVID year, you know, the, the end of the season got pushed to the summer. So the beginning of the current season is getting pushed to December. So we have a quick turnaround from the Lakers being crowned champions in October to now free agency. Um, it's been a crazy start to the day with some surprises like the Lakers um, taking uh, Montrezl Harrell from their neighbors across the hall. Um, were you guys surprised that Harold left the Clippers? Yeah, somewhat, actually. I wasn't. He He's a Rich Paul guy, and uh, that's LeBron's buddy-buddy. Uh, so I think he uh, he definitely made some calls, and um, it makes sense on the Lakers' end, especially if they want to repeat. Uh, I do think they're uh, – they need to upgrade in terms of their roster. Um, Harold brings um, a lot of um, tenacity on defense, a uh, great rebounder, scorer. Um, his uh, PER is uh, 13th in the NBA, so in the whole league. So he's very efficient um, when it comes to um, um, him being on the floor. And then adding Schroeder as well, um, I think uh, this boosts their bench um, tremendously. And, uh, I think the Lakers are, uh, just, uh, preparing for a, uh, repeat. Absolutely. And, you know, they, they also added, uh, Wes Matthews, you know, and, and I'm not going to be biased here just because he went to Marquette, but he is a great addition. You know, he's a three and D guy. Um, I think he will actually be a slight upgrade over Danny green. Um, and he'll be a great role player for, for the Lakers this upcoming season. 100%. But there was, you know, just like we've seen the last few years, the cap has gone up. So, which means contracts have become more inflated, but I mean, some of these deals that we're seeing come in are uh, a little bit high for what, where we value some of these guys. Christian Wood got a three year, $41 million deal from Houston. Um, Joe Harris got four years and 75 million from Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. um, Davis Bertans got five years and 80 million to stay in Washington. Malik Beasley got four years and 60 million from Minnesota. That's all chump change. I mean, give me the 163 to uh, yes. Mr. Fox. Yeah, that was early. That was announced right at, right at three. Um, I mean, Fox has shown flashes, but is he really at that level to deserve that kind of money? No. I mean, if, you really um, think about, if you really think about the Kings, you know, they haven't made the playoffs and they have their, their cap all locked up between like three or four guys. And, you know, when you hear these names, I mean, they're decent players, but they're not going to win you championships. The Aaron Fox, um, Buddy Hild, and, um, um, uh, Harrison Barnes. I mean, does that really sound to you guys like a trio that will win championships? Not right now. Um, 
I mean, we but, have to see what they can piece together. Um, unfortunately, you're going to have to pay up in the NBA these days. Um, teams will do it. I mean, it's just not yeah, a Sacramento but, thing. But especially in Sacramento, the guy they just drafted with their first round pick is a point guard. Ty Hilliburton, I believe is his name, from Iowa State. So you you essentially now you have like five guys log jamming for two spots, two, two to three spots. So which means, you know, that they still haven't addressed their front court, which is not um, anything for certain. And, and now you have all this money locked up to all these guards. So, I mean, how can teams like, like Sacramento compete when all their money is locked up to the wings? They can't. They're, they're the kings. I mean, they haven't been relevant since uh, Chris Weber, Jason Williams, and Vlade. So I think for them, they, you know, they see the market value of these players who, you know, no, no uh, disrespect to uh, DeAndre Fox, but he, he's not worth that money, you know, and, and, and it's unfortunate because um, that's what the market is, is, uh, is trending towards you know if you want to keep these young players you have to pay them like uh, what brad was saying and um it, it it all comes down to drafting now i mean the thing is is that with these small market teams uh they're not going to get superstars to to sign with them uh like an anthony davis um, to uh, to change the course of their season you know they have to do what the miami the miami heat did and they have to draft well and, and, and they have to be on point with their, um, with their scouting. Yeah. You have to pay to stay relevant in this league. Um, the Kings have been an afterthought in the Western conference for quite a number of years. And, you know, if you're trying to stay relevant, you're going to have to make some big splashy moves and that's what they're doing. Um, you hope it works out for them. Um, hope that they can land talent and get it together. But, you know, it's a step in the right direction. Is it overpriced? Yes. But, I, you know, they're headed in the right direction. So is Brandon Ingram going to get this type of contract too, whether it's from yeah. New Orleans oh, yeah. or someone else? He should. 100%. But then again, that does look like chump change when you see Danilo Gallinari getting $60 million over three years from Atlanta. <laughs> I mean, Brad, can you please explain to me what Danilo Gallinari has done in this league to continue getting these huge contracts? I mean, look, he's a scorer. I, I do understand that. But what else does he do other than score? He doesn't play defense. He's not durable. I mean, has he has he really been a contributor to a winning team? Um, you know what? It's that's tough. Um, it's really, you know, the fact that he can get the buckets. I mean, he's 32. He was one of the, you know, the, the marquee free agents coming into, into the season. Um, when you look at his numbers, I mean, they're all right. What? 18.7, 5.2 rebounds, uh, 40 and a half from, from the range teams are paying for shooters. Um, you know, it's a high price to pay. I think you could have got better value elsewhere but you know the thunder don't I mean, have much to go on 
you know, Atlanta is saying Atlanta is saying that they want to get better. They want to be yeah. a playoff contender. This is not the type of guy that you bring in to be a playoff contender. I mean, if they really if they really wanted to compete this year, I mean, I know that the uh, Rajon Rondo has been floating out there. I would definitely go for him. I would see if maybe a um, guy like Josh Hart was available in New Orleans. I would I would bring those types of guys in because they kind of still fill in with the with the age group of the um, of the current young guys on the team. I mean, Rondo would be like the like the senior on the team, you know. But like Josh Hart would still be young enough. Guys like that, I feel like would make them more into a possible playoff team. But I mean, Danilo Gallinari, he's not really going to add wins to their team, and he's going to take minutes from a guy like Cam Reddish or um, DeAndre Hunter. When I see deals like this, and we're probably going to see a lot more deals like this in the future, it's NBA teams thinking very short-term. They're only thinking in two- and three-year windows at the most. I mean, they're looking to win in two years and then explode the team and try it all over again just to see what hits. If you're not one of the fortunate few to where you can land a marquee player in the draft or through free agency, like a Luka or... Or, or some of these other players, you're, this is the way that you're going to do it. And until Atlanta can find something, this is going to be their formula. This is what teams like Atlanta are going to rely on. Yeah, because, I mean, like Mason Plumley, he got three years and $25 million from Detroit. He, in Denver, he was a highly productive player. I would have paid more money for him than what was paid for Gallinari. Like, I, I understand that Atlanta doesn't need a center, but I'm just saying, how does a guy like Plumley only get 25 million when he is so productive? Maybe like um, his point per game average wasn't as high because there was um, a lot of player. There was a pretty big rotation in Denver, but he is a highly productive player, and yet he only got 25 million. But then you know, and Harrell only got 19 million. But then how can Gallinari get 60 million? I mean, that's just like. It's and then Joe Harris in Brooklyn getting 75 million. It's like you know, it's all over again. Like when Wolcrab, like guys like Wolcrab got like like 80 million like three or four summers ago. Um, Evan Turner got like 80 million. Kevin Basemore got like uh, Kim Basemore got like 80 million. And how did those deals work out for those teams? Those guys got traded around over the next three years, like every offseason, they were included in a deal. Not because of the what they brought to the table was they were salary fillers, and I feel like Gallinari in not even a year he's already going to be on the block because he's not going to add enough to Atlanta. I I actually like this move for Atlanta. Um, shooting is uh, sh- shooting is, is what the NBA is about now, and um, he he honestly hasn't been bad the last. Uh, uh, four to five years, honestly. The only thing bad about him is his injury. Um, and uh, he's soft. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these uh, guys who come from international are soft. Uh, but in, in terms of what he brings to the table, I mean, he's a shooter. He's a, he's a big man. Um, 18 point, 18.7 points last year for OKC. Um, the year before that, 19.8. 
so in terms of scoring, he's he's definitely um, still doing his part on that end. So f- for me, I I like the deal for Atlanta. It, it, it adds another shooter uh, with Trey Young. Um, and yes, the price is steep, but that's the price or that's the premium you have to pay for shooting now. We'll have to wait and see how this continues to unfold. But I mean, definitely a very interesting start to free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, as we move on, you know, um, we still have football going on. You know, the NBA might be inching closer to being back, but football is still very much alive right now. Week 11, baby. Uh, week 11, you know, COVID is continuing to uh, um, create more positive cases in the NFL, but that's not stopping the games from going on. Um, we have another full lineup this weekend, some good games, um, and some, you know, not so good, but they could be good for fantasy. Like, for example, we have um, Junie's Washington football team hosting the Bengals, you know, maybe not such a great game in terms of like playoff positioning, but a great game for, for owners of um, some of their players fantasy wise. What do you guys expect from this game? Uh, I expect, uh, people to watch who are, uh, who are fantasy football, um, owners because of Joe Burrow, uh, Tyler Boyd, um, T Higgins, um, Gio, and then Terry McLaurin. Uh, other than that, um, the game is, is going to be terrible. I mean, you got a, a two and six Cincinnati Bengals team playing a two and seven Washington football team. Um, I don't expect a lot of excitement um, over under is 47, uh, which I definitely think it's going to be the under in this game. Um, in, in terms of, um, uh, oh, and, and let's throw an Antonio, Antonio Gibson out there. Cause he's, uh, he's uh, doing okay so far in his, in his rookie year. So, um, but the player that, um, that I probably um, am, gonna watch the most is probably t higgins i mean the guy is is uh is balling um in his last uh four games i mean he's been um he he's been trending to uh for uh joe burrow in terms of his number one target um his last four games um 22 points uh versus uh versus pittsburgh steelers 14 uh, versus Cleveland, 18, versus Indian, Indianapolis, 18. So the guy has definitely been consistent on um, the end in terms of uh, receptions and then touchdowns as well. So, uh, But the guy I, I would definitely drop now is A.J. Green. Um, he's definitely uh, not the player that uh, he used to be. Um, and, and, and I think uh, a lot of fantasy owners see that. Uh, versus Pittsburgh, uh, five targets, zero catches. Uh, the game before that, Tennessee, five catches, two receptions, 19 yards. Um, he had two decent games before that. Um, however, I think his, he's trending in the wrong direction, especially with T. Higgins uh, being established now. Yes, and, you know, interesting you guys bring up T. Higgins. You know, Brad, do you recall who uh, during the time of the draft mentioned T. Higgins as possibly um, one of the – biggest steals in the draft i was a pretty loaded um you know wide receiver core i think he went to a pretty poor, a pretty great situation um but yeah with, with t higgins i i don't think we saw aj green's fall coming this fast 
and TJ and, and you know, Higgins, his, his rise coming this fast. Um, yeah, but I mean, just looking at this game and I, I think you have, I, I know you are really high on T Higgins, you know, there were other wide receivers I put in front of him, but yeah, it was a good call on your, uh, on fr from you and certainly for this team. But when I'm actually looking at this game, I think it's a 46 and a half, uh, over under, I'm looking at it from two points of view. You're looking at the future for both these teams, seeing what they have, um, Washington, you know, th they're a quarterback away. Um, but the Bengals, you're really looking at the future right there. You know, just see what these teams can do two to three years down the road. Um, you know, Junie already mentioned all of the major players in here, but I do want to uh, bring up, you know, uh, J.D. McKissick. He's getting crazy production um, in terms of the receiving rights. game. Yeah, so th that kind of work is valid in, you know, half point and full point PPR. And I, and also uh, Alex Smith, um, you know, it's great that he's back on the field, but past two weeks, man, has he aired it out 325 yards and against Detroit 390 yards. Um, you know, it's promising. We'll see what Washington can, can do. That kind of production makes, um, makes Terry McLaurin extremely relevant in fantasy football. Absolutely. It'll definitely be a great game for the fantasy gods. Um, but for playoff seeding purposes, it won't be because they're both pretty far down the the standings at this point. Washington uh, still got a chance at the division. Let's let's that is very true. We forget that they are in the east. They still got a shot. And all it takes is as much as Junie doesn't want them to win, they still got a shot. Yeah, technically I mean I, you are very right, Brad. If they win and Philly loses in Cleveland, which is highly likely, then we would Washington would be one game out of first place in the East. And I mean, the Cowboys are going to be the Cowboys, so they're probably not going to win very much the remainder of the season. So I mean, it could be a two um, two headed race between the Washington football team and the Eagles. I, I think the Giants are closing in right now, so I don't I don't see the Washington football team uh, being competitive at this point. I mean, um, obviously, there's players that I want to see do well: Chase Young, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you know, I I'm I'm ready for a new quarterback. I'm ready for um, uh, you know Justin Fields. You know. I'm I'm ready for uh, 2021 draft talk already. Um, yeah, and and I understand that because you know Alex Smith is 35, but can we give him the NFL Comeback Player of the Year award already? Yeah, he he definitely deserves it. I mean, the guy's tough. I mean, a lot of us thought he uh, he was done, and he's not, and he's showing that he's uh, a capable backup. Definitely not not the same in terms of. Um, being in the, in the pocket anymore. Um, he's always been a check down guy, but in terms of that award, he definitely deserves it. Well, moving on. Um, the Eagles that we were just talking about, they bring their three, five and one first place record in the East um, to Cleveland to the six and three Browns. It's weird. You know, typically it's the other way around, you know, you're used to seeing the Eagles at like six and three and the Browns more like with the losing record, but 
times change, you know, it is 2020, it's the year of the COVID. Um, I mean, can fantasy owners feel comfortable with Wentz anymore? I mean, he one week he looks like a, a pro bowler, the next week, you know, he's throwing three, four interceptions. I mean, can he be trusted? And what weapons in that Philly um, whiteout core can be trusted? Because, you know, Fulgham had been their consistent one, but then last week he threw up a, he threw an egg. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to trust that, that Eagles uh, offense. What do you guys think? Can Carson be trusted? Yes, in this matchup. I think if you have him and if there aren't any better streaming options, I think you can plug him in. Um, in terms of their, the Philly wide receivers, with everyone coming back healthy, you know, you can't really put that much stock into a Fulgham anymore because Rager is coming into his own. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey, Dallas Goddard, um, even uh, Richards playing other tight end. Um, and, and, you know, they're also getting Miles Sanders back and, and he catches out the backfield. So wide receiver wise, if I had to rank them, I would, you know, I, I think I'd give the edge to Fulgham slightly, but Jalen Rager would be a close second and he might, he might actually outproduce a Fulgham. Yeah. Carson Wentz is, uh, is Jekyll and Hyde. Um, stats, stats wise, not so great fantasy wise, um, 174 points in, 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 uh, in, in fantasy. Uh, but can he be trusted in the NFC East? Yes, he can be trusted, but, um, versus, versus other teams. I, I don't know. Um, this matchup is definitely favorable, um, because, um, uh, Miles Garrett is on the COVID list. Mm-hmm. So the best pass rusher on Cleveland is not going to play. So um, that's definitely going to be a, a, a bright side for him. Um, Brad already touched on the receivers. Um, I definitely think uh, Rager is, is, is definitely um, on the, uh, on the upswing in terms of his projection. I still like Fulgham. I think he, uh, he's a, a, a good receiver. Um, definitely solid uh, numbers this year so far. Uh, but in terms of the Cleveland Brown side, um, Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb, these guys yeah. are going to be ama- amazing this Sunday. Um, I think they're going to run all over uh, Philly. And uh, if you have those two uh, backs, they are a must start. Both of them are RB1s. Um, in terms of um, the receivers, um, the only person I like on Cleveland is uh, Jarvis Landry. I like Austin Hooper to have a uh, bounce back game from uh, his uh, his production last week. Um, in terms of quarterback play, um, I don't trust Baker Mayfield. Um, if you have a um, if he's your only quarterback, I'll definitely look at uh, streaming options. Um, Taysom Hill is out there now. Um, Philip Rivers, Kirk Cousins. So so there's definitely better options out there in terms of. Um, in terms of the the quarterback play definitely um moving on this will be an interesting game in the south um you just brought up Taysom Hill it's going to be his first game starting for the Saints as they host the up-and-coming Falcons you know they're three and six I mean you never know maybe the Falcons run the table um they definitely look a lot better since the the coaching change um and you know 
this might be an ideal game for their defense to look a little better. Uh, Taysom Hill is known for his gimmick plays in the playbook, but I mean, he's never been asked to step back in the pocket and throw 30 times in a game for the Saints, you know? So, I mean, can he do it? Do you guys think he can truly throw it 30 times and be a pocket passer for the Saints? I, I honestly don't think he has to. I think he has enough to um, run the ball, to um, throw about you know 20 times. And um, I think Sean Payton is going to uh, game plan around his skills rather than trying to make him Drew Brees or or Jameis Winston. Um, and, and that's the biggest reason why I picked him up is because in terms of value, uh, the guy is a uh, touchdown vulture when it comes to the end zone. So um, I definitely think they're going to run a lot of option when it comes to, um, you know, being in the, uh, in the red zone. Um, but in terms of, uh, you know, the saints, I think, um, I, I think anyone who has a roster spot open, I think he's definitely, a guy that uh, you probably want to stash and see if he's worth um, keeping or, or, or even, uh, or, or even streaming at least. So, uh, but this, this game is definitely interesting because um, um, Julio Jones is, um, is, is on again um, in terms of Atlanta, Calvin Ridley is back in the lineup. I know Brad's going to be happy about that. Um, and then, um, and then, in terms of uh, you know the running game, you got Todd Gurley who um, who's putting up decent numbers, uh, but you know has already nine touchdowns, so he's definitely uh, a flex guy that you want to play, or even an RB two. And then Alvin Kamara is is always a must start. I mean, unless if he's injured, he's definitely um, a guy that you want to play week in and week out. Yeah, I mean, looking at this game. Um... If you're the Alvin Kamara owner, you should see a lot of work in the passing game. Uh, Latavius Murray, um, you might see a lot of work from him as well, especially because I think they're going to go the Teddy Bridgewater route of last year and, you know, really enforce the running game and limit the damage that they do in the passing game. Um, you know, if you're the Michael Thomas owner, it's unfortunate because now you get him back, but there's not going to be a lot of passing volume. Um you know that that's on the New Orleans side of things. I think the defense has has been good of late, and I think they're going to really have to step it up. But yeah, Atlanta. Um, Todd Gurley, he's going to be touchdown dependent. If you have him, you're playing him. Calvin Ridley, uh, he's been cleared, so hopefully he he can perform. Um, but yeah, I think Juni hit hit all the uh, hit all the spots there. The the one thing to take note of is uh. Atlanta has been pretty good against the run. Um, so Latavius Murray may not get the kind of efficiency that you're looking for, and they might really exploit uh, the passing game through the backfield. Um, that's the only thing that I could, that, that, you know, I'm looking for in this game should be an interesting one though. Definitely. Um, one, more, one more point guys. I, I think Jared cook is probably going to have a good game. Atlanta is the worst when it comes to um, tight ends, when it comes to defense. Um, I, I think Taysom Hill will probably use them as a uh, safety blanket when it comes to uh, the, uh, the, the short range to the mid range when it comes to the passing game. So if you, if you need a tight end, um, you know, definitely look at Jared Cook. He's owned 85% of the, uh, 
in terms of uh, rostered uh, for Yahoo. So um, he's definitely a good option if he's still available. Now, do you guys think there's any possibility that Sean Payton throws us a swerve and starts Taysom Hill for like the first play and then brings in Jameis Winston? No, I don't think so. I think he's going to stick to his guns. Um, uh, we saw it with Teddy. I think he's going to do it unless things go horribly bad. Um, I think Taysom Hill is going to finish the game. Yeah, he, he, he definitely he, he wants to see what he has in Taysom Hill. And I think this is a good um, this is a good trial run for him to see if he's the quarterback of the future or if they need to look somewhere else uh, next year. To me, Taysom Hill reminds me of a right-handed Tim Tebow, but that's just me. <laughs> um, moving on, the Lions at the Panthers. You know, the Lions are one of those teams that some weeks they look like they could snatch one of those wild card spots. But then, you know, they can't close out games. They get out to these leads in the first half, and then they just kind of blow it. Um, do you guys think they can take care of a game that they should win this Sunday? In Carolina, Carolina's been pretty good. Um, I, I think the main question coming into both of to this game is going to be at the quarterback position for each team. Uh, Stafford with his, uh, I believe, thumb ligament injury, it's taped up, but uh, I believe he's good to go. And and y- you know, Teddy Bridgewater with the with the knee injury, um, will we see him or will it PJ? Will it be PJ Walker? I think those two decisions really affect the fantasy outcome in this game. Uh, on the Detroit Lions side of things, you know, if DeAndre Swift was in, I would project him for two or three touchdowns in this game. Unfortunately, he looks like he's going to be out. Um, and and also on the Lions, wide receiver-wise, uh, are we going to get to see Kenny Galladay back? If we do, you know, I'm not, I'm not as big on Marvin Jones. Um, but he, but if he isn't there, Marvin Jones, I think you can uh, play comfortably. Yeah, this game is um, this game is interesting because there's a lot of injuries on both ends. Uh, Matthew Stafford is questionable. Um, Teddy Bridgewater um, is not playing. Um, and in terms of uh, you know, if you're a Kelly uh, Galladay owner. Um, Kenny Galladay owner. Um, it, it looks like he's out. So in, in, in terms of the game, um, you, you're going to see a lot of um, next man up players. Um, so in, in, in terms of the game, uh, I don't expect too much. Um, uh, both teams are, 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 are projected downward. And um, if, if, if in terms of the fantasy value, um, if you have Adrian Peterson, um, I would definitely start him. Um, he's definitely um, he's definitely a guy who, um, when given the opportunity, he's still perform- performing at a decent level. Uh, Mike Davis is is a guy um, that that you definitely want to look at too. I don't know if Brad mentioned that because my audio went out, but uh, Mike Davis is a good play. Um, and in, in terms of the receivers, um, I, DJ Moore is up and down. So I mean. I don't know how his connection is going to be with PJ Walker, uh, but he's the guy who will give you 20 points one week, and then, and then the next week he'll you know give you a dud. So uh, he gave us a good game last week, and 
Um, he's, you know, his, his uh, trajectory is, you know, he's going to give us a bad game this week. So um, it's up to you if you want to start him. Um, and then obviously uh, Roby Anderson is, is always a good guy to start. So it should definitely be an interesting game. Um, there's some guys that, you know, if you have injuries, um, are still very much available and you can definitely go out and get. Curtis Samuels is another one of those guys. Um, I, I believe he's only owning like half of the leagues right now. So, I mean, he he should definitely be available still very much. Um, on Johnson should be a guy maybe if you're desperate yep. and, and you have a lot of guys on by at running back. He's a guy you can definitely take a a, um, a flyer on because he might get you a touchdown. And he and especially in PPR leagues, he does tend to be used um, in passing situations. So definitely keep an eye on him as well. Yeah, I mean, if Carolina... And now moving on to the next game, we have the Steelers at the Jaguars. Um, I mean, this looks on paper like it should be a blowout for Pittsburgh. But, you know, sometimes these games can be trap games. I mean, we would have thought that they would have blown out Dallas and that game ended up being a lot closer than expected. So can these Jaguars give them a little bit of a fight? Or do you guys think that it's going to be the blowout that we all expect? Um, it's going to be a blowout. But, I mean, if you have James Robinson, you know, J- James Robinson is is one of the best backs um, in, in fantasy 2020. And, um, it's a tough game going against Pittsburgh. Uh, they're, they're 32nd, um, when it comes to, um, uh, stopping the run in terms of, in, in terms of, uh, being a good defense. Um, so if you have him, you always have to start him, but the matchup doesn't look good for him. Um, same thing with James Conner. James Conner has been struggling, um, on the Pittsburgh side, uh, but I expect them to have a bounce back game, um, especially uh, because I, I don't think the game is going to be um, uh, competitive um, within the first uh, after the first two quarters. I think it's going to be all Pittsburgh um, wide receiver wise. Uh, they're stacked. Uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, Juju Smith, and then obviously Chase Claypool. Um, in terms of the, um, the Jaguar side, uh, DJ Chark is one of those guys who, um, is, is up in the air. Uh, his season is not, is, isn't going as great as people would have thought. Um, if you do have him and you don't have a better option, I would start him. But if you have a better option, I would definitely go with that, that other receiver. Uh, to me, he's a wide receiver three or, or even a flex at this point. Uh, in terms of the quarterbacks, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, um, is a good start this week uh, going against that um, Jacksonville defense. Um, I think he's just he's going to tear them up uh, when it comes to that, the passing game. Um, and then uh, on the tight end side, Eric Ebron, um, definitely a top 10 tight end. Uh, had seven, seven to eight targets last game. Uh, didn't put up the points as expected uh, in terms of the projections, but I think he, he has a bounce back game in this game. Yeah, this is uh, an interesting game. Uh, like like you indicated, uh, Pittsburgh, when they're heavy road uh, favorites, they don't seem to perform that well. Like you noted, the Dallas game, game we thought that they should have all one-handedly closer than we all expected. I think this is going to be competitive for a quarter, maybe even a half, but there, there should be some separation here. Um, 
Jacksonville, uh, they're not the best uh, against the run. So, yeah, it p- probably could be a bounce back game for James Conner, especially because the media has been talking about, you know, they haven't really been running the ball. Could be one of the squeaky wheel gets the oil type deal. Um, wide receiver wise, um, you know, all three are viable. Even Eric Ebron, it's just trying to predict who's going to get it. Um, some weeks, you know, it could be Deontay. Some weeks it could be Chase. Uh, if I had to rank the wide receivers, I think I'd go Juju, Deontay, and then Chase. Um, Eric Ebron's always a consideration, especially for a tight end. Jacksonville, um, James Robinson, DJ Shark, Keelan Cole, probably the only options that you're looking at. Um, if they fall behind, you could get a lot of garbage time points from, from them. But, yeah, not expecting a lot out of this game, um, but it should be good fantasy production-wise. Absolutely, yeah. I think with uh, with tight ends, um, since it's such a um, – there's only a good couple of tight ends that you can uh, that you can count on. I, th- I think the next thing you want to look at is targets. And if, if, if your tight end that you have on your roster is getting, I'd say, five to six targets, that, that, that tight end is definitely a, a must-play every week. Um, you know, the only, the only tight ends that, that are very consistent are Travis Kelsey, um, and, um, yeah, and George Kittle when he's healthy. Uh, but in in terms of tight ends, I mean, you know, Eric Ebron, very, uh, up and down and, uh, you know, look at the targets. If you're struggling with a tight end, look at it, look at their targets and, and obviously definitely look at their matchups, but the targets is definitely something that you want to look at. Yeah, he's he's had a pretty good target share. Um, um, since week five, he's had six, four, eight, five, six, and six. So targets are definitely there. You know, if uh, if he gets in TD, you know, he's going to be a top six tight end with just a TD. But yeah, he should be good for you know two to three catches and thirty yards. Yeah, and um, I I think um. You definitely got to respect, though, from Jacksonville that they're competitive every week. You know, they, um, they're not like the Jets where they're just getting blown out. They're, they're fighting, you know, they're, 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 they're competitive in most of these games for, for the most part. And even with Gardner Minshew going out, you know, Jake Lutton has stepped in and been a very solid backup, um, a lot better than anything the Cowboys have shown from their backup. So, I mean, you know, he's, he's definitely a very respectable backup. And, um, I could, I could see him, you know, putting up some decent numbers, especially cause you guys said there could be the possibility of they're down by three or four touchdowns into the third quarter. And that's where you start where like the defense for Pittsburgh might start to relax just a little bit and give up some large chunk plays to, um, the, the Jaguars players. So fantasy wise might, might get some decent numbers, even from Jake Lutton. Um, but moving on, we have, uh, I think the most, um, even matchup of this weekend, we have, uh, the Titans at the Ravens, both six and three, both very Jekyll and Hyde, depending on the week. Um, and I definitely think, um, it will be a, a solid matchup this weekend. Um, Lamar Jackson is due to have a big game and Tennessee's defense, um, struggled a bit last week. So, 
who knows? Maybe it'll finally be the game where Lamar breaks 100 yards rushing and where Hollywood Brown finally breaks 100 yards receiving. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, this is a- after after the playoff loss um, that Baltimore experienced to Tennessee. I think this is one that they had circled. And this is one that they're really looking forward to. And I think everyone was looking forward to. Um, Baltimore hasn't looked that great, especially after the loss to New England. Tennessee's been pretty good. They, they, they got off to a hard start, a hard, uh, fast start. But right now they're sort of, you know, slowing down. Um, yeah, on Baltimore Ravens side, I don't think it's going to be Marquise Brown. I think it's going to be Willie Sneed. A wide receiver rise, he's not going to do much though. Uh, but I think he's going to outproduce uh, um, Marquise Brown running back wise for Baltimore. I wouldn't trust any of them. Um, Mark Andrews, stud last year. So hard to predict this year. Um, if you have them, you're going to start them because you've likely spent a high draft pick. Um, but yeah, Tennessee is really where it's going to be at fantasy football wise. I think uh, Ryan Tannehill should have a pretty productive game, especially if they can set up to run. And it's around this time that Derrick Henry usually gets it going. Um, you know, Corey Davis didn't have a good game a couple weeks ago, but I think he he might be due for a bounce back game. Uh, same thing with AJ Brown and uh, Joe New Smith. He's a guy that's disappeared recently. Fiskers, I believe, outperformed him. Um, so tight end wise, I don't know what to expect out of them. Yeah, uh, going back to Hollywood Brown, um, that's a guy that I would not trust. Um, his best fantasy game was against uh, Cincinnati week five. He had 19.8 points in that game. Uh, but ever since then, uh, 9.7 versus Philly week six, uh, week eight, 7.3, week nine, 6.8, week 10, 3.4. The thing about it is he's getting the targets – Um, but he's not catching the balls. And uh, to me, that's very concerning because um, he's, he's getting looked at and and he's not performing. And that could be due to Lamar Jackson's accuracy, but at the same time, I mean, Lamar Jackson isn't throwing that many interceptions. You know, he only has five for the season right now. So um, I think Marquise Brown is a guy that I would, if you have him in your, on your roster, um, he would probably ride the bench or even, you know, be um, be cut on on my end if I if, if I was that fantasy owner. Um, in terms of um, the other Brown, AJ Brown, um, that guy is a guy that you have to start every week. Um, last la- last week he had a down game. Um, he had butterfingers last week, uh, uh, three points last week. Uh, I I definitely expect a, a bounce back game for him this week. Um, before that, you know, his games were, uh, you know, versus Chicago, one of the best defenses, he put up 20 points, uh, two weeks before that versus, uh, Pittsburgh at 27. So, um, definitely start AJ Brown, obviously Derrick Henry, um, is a must start. Uh, but, um, I definitely think Baltimore's defense is going to show up, uh, last week versus, uh, uh, the Patriots, uh, it, it was a game that was ugly, um, it was a rushing game and I expect them to make plays uh, this week. If, if you, if you guys um, are thinking about starting them. So. Definitely should be a very good game. Um, Might be the game of the week. 
can be high scoring and um, probably going deep into the fourth, in my opinion, with uh, whoever wins is going to win by under five points, in my opinion. It'll be under a touchdown that defines this game. Um, next game, Patriots at the Texans. You know, um, a lot of fantasy owners drafted high on uh, Deshaun Watson, thinking that he was going to put up the kind of numbers that Kyler Murray's putting up this year or that Lamar Jackson put up last year. Um, why aren't we seeing the type of production from Deshaun Watson that that we should be seeing? I mean, he's having some okay numbers, but and I understand last week the weather wasn't ideal in Cleveland, but it seems like, you know, he's just having a very, like, regular season. What do you guys think is going on? He's completely matchup dependent. Um, when you took a look at his production early on when they had that brutal schedule, uh, Casey, Baltimore, Pitt, everyone was talking about, oh, do I drop Deshaun Watson? Can I trade him? But then he got into the easy part, Minnesota, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Green Bay, and Jacksonville again after the bye. Um, I, Cleveland, it was the weather game. I think New England isn't as tough defensively. I think he, he should be able to get you closer to 20, maybe even exceed that mark. Um, and, and he has Detroit uh, next next week. Um it's going to be tough after that. He gets Indy, Chicago, Indy again, but then it sort of lightens up with Cincinnati and Tennessee. So if you're going to hold on to him, hold on to him through the stretch and just stream quarterbacks. But this is one game that I think you should be able to start him. One word, Jose, actually two words, DeAndre Hopkins. That, that man is the difference between them being a good team and where they're at right now. Uh, David Johnson hasn't been the the person that they thought they would get um, in terms of, you know, that Arizona running back um, who uh, was good on the ground and in the air. Um, and then obviously the coaching as well. I mean, the coaching is, is one of those things where um, they fired their coach uh, at the beginning of the season and now – you know, they have a defensive coach um, running the show. So for me, I, I, I think when they, when they traded D uh, hop, I think that, that that was a big blow to, to the whole team, just because they traded away one of their best players and in return, they, they got David Johnson. So that definitely makes a big impact on the team. And they didn't even get a first round pick for him. I mean, I still can't believe that. Yeah. I mean, fantasy football-wise, uh, th- this looks to be a good game. Um, Cam Newton, um, Houston bit has been susceptible on the ground. He's their only rushing back. You'd like to see a guy like Damian Harris get it in there, especially with all the running work he's he's doing, but it's going to be Cam Newton. Um, Rex Burkhead, he's probably a solid start, especially in full PPR leagues. Um, but Jacoby Myers, I think he's seen like – 40% of all of the targets in the last three games, 40%. I mean, they don't throw it a lot. I'm only expecting 25 to 30 passes, but Jacoby Myers is going to get 40% of those targets. Um, yeah, th- that that's insane. I think the only other receiver that that's on that level was D hop um, early on in the season. So, so that's the sort of equivalent work that you're expecting. Um, Houston Texans, while they're not that great fantasy football wise, they're pretty awesome. Um, I like Brandon Cooks. I like Will Fuller, even Randall Cobb and full PPR. Um, Duke Johnson, 
I, I think he's a low-end RB2, high-end RB3. And Deshaun Watson, Watson, if you have him, I think you can play him in this game. We'll have to wait and see. Um, next, we have the Dolphins at the Broncos. Um, Tua's really starting to look like, um, like he belongs. Um, you know, he had a shaky first game against the Rams, but definitely has really come along since then. Um, the Broncos, you know, they, uh, they're not that good. Um, Drew Locke is great for the garbage time. Um, he puts up the point. He's like, he's like the, he's this, he's a 2020 version of, um, Jameis Winston, you know, he's going to throw like three interceptions, but he's also throwing like four touchdowns. So I guess, you know, you got to play the numbers game. Um, you get two points for, or four points for a touchdown and only lose two for an interception. So I guess you got to look at the positive there. Um, Diaz expect the Dolphins to win this one in a blowout or will the Broncos make it competitive? It's, it's going to be a blowout. I mean, the, you hit on the head, Jose. Tua is rolling right now. Um, he's finding his groove, uh, and and he he has his targets um, that he goes to. Um, in, in terms of um, starting Tua, I think he's definitely a guy that um, you can definitely play now. Uh, his first game was kind of kind of rocky. Um, after that, uh, versus Arizona, he had twenty one points, and then versus the Chargers, he had fourteen. Uh, the Denver matchup is a okay matchup uh, in, in terms of playing him. So uh, if he's your only option, um, I would definitely, um, or if he, he if he's on the waiver, I would definitely stream him. Um, but in terms of the running backs, um, Ahmed is uh, a, a, a guy that I would definitely look at um, on the Dolphins side. Uh, solid guy. Uh, first game that he started, uh, 21 rushes, 85 yards. And, and a touchdown. Uh, Denver is, in terms of uh, rush defense, they're, they're in the middle of the pack. So I definitely think uh, he is a uh, running back to or flex in, in, in that case. Uh, on the Denver side, I, I wouldn't trust any of those running backs. Uh, Melvin Gordon um, hasn't produced the way uh, Denver thought he would produce uh, his last two games, uh, 4.6 points. Uh, versus uh, uh, Vegas, and then uh, he had uh, three points versus uh, the Falcons. Um, Miami is is in the middle of the pack when it comes to run, run defense, and then um, the other running back, Philip Lindsay, um, he he just hasn't been healthy. Um, the games that he's played, he's uh, he's been decent. Uh, he had he had one week where he had fifteen point six points uh, versus the Chargers, which uh, was in week eight, and then he followed that up uh, with. Um, 2.3 versus Atlanta and then 0.20 versus the Raiders. So it's very hard to trust their running backs. Um, if you have any of the running backs, I would definitely not play them. Um, but the, the plus side is, is, is the receiving uh, when it comes to Denver. Uh, Jerry Judy is a, is a guy who was drafted high. He was drafted in the first round, um, had a, a, a couple of shaky games in the beginning, but now is, is coming on of late. Uh, Miami's defense in terms of the pass is, is ranked in the middle. Uh, so I definitely think he's, um, he's, he's a wide receiver too. Um, even a, maybe a wide receiver run because he gets the targets, uh, versus Vegas. He had eight targets, um, in uh, week 10 versus Atlanta. He had 14 targets, uh, for his highest game, 
but she had 25 points in that game. So uh, definitely Jerry Judy. Uh, Tim Patrick is a borderline wide receiver three flex person. Um, he's, you know, his ceiling is, 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 uh, is very low, but his floor is, you know, he'll get you 10 to 11 points a game, which is okay if, in terms of that flex position. What about for Devontae Parker? Is that someone that we can now trust again as a wide receiver one? No, he is not wide receiver one material. Um, he's actually been a huge letdown. Um, you know, he, his best game, 21 <clears throat> points against Seattle, but everyone does that against Seattle. Um, you know, you take a look at what he did against the Chargers, uh, five, 5.1. Uh, what, that was off of seven targets. He got two receptions for 31 yards. You're expecting more off of seven targets. Arizona, he was serviceable at 12.4 points. But against the uh, the Rams, he had 7.3. And against the Jets, you know, you would expect a lot of work from there. Uh, 6.5. I think he's a big letdown. He's a wide receiver three, wide receiver two. And it's unfortunate um, because of the uh, draft capital you, you spent on on a guy like Devontae Parker. Um, fantasy football-wise, um, if you have him, and if you're in a pinch, you're obviously going to play him. But for Miami, I'm only looking at, you know, two, actually three players that I would only start on, on that side of the ball. Salvan Med, um, Jason Sanders, and the Miami DST, especially if uh, if Rippon is playing. I know Drew Locke is trending towards playing, but if he isn't, oh, man, that, that DST might put up 20. Um, so it should be a good game for them. Denver Broncos, you know, if Drew Locke's good to go, He's just, he's a decent streaming option running back. I think you can find other options out there. Yeah. Jerry, Judy, Tim Patrick, Junie hit it right on the head. And, and, and if no offense is back and the ankle isn't bothering him, um, I, I think he's one of those tight ends that you can consider to stream. Interesting. Definitely interesting. Um, next we have the jets at the chargers. Now on the Jets side, I mean, once again, it's going to be Flacco. So, I mean, if if Crowder is playing, you can trust Crowder because he's going to get the looks. Perryman depends. I mean, uh, he's he's when he's played, he's gotten some some looks. Um, can we trust anyone in that running game, though? Hmm. Um, they indicated that they'd give it more to uh, LaMichael P. Ryan, um, but it's Adam Gase. So no. Um, I wouldn't trust anyone. Uh, I, I think you could stash a Michael P. Ryan and see if it pans out. That's about all that you can do. What didn't they like about Balazs? Um, well, it was, it wasn't Balazs because we're seeing, yeah, he, he, he and, and he was maybe too good. They're going to win games with him. Um, we're gonna see what the Chargers that that Balaj was actually a serviceable running running back. Um, it's the Adam Gase effect, I think. Yeah, Balaj looked really good um, the past two weeks. Um, in terms of the Chargers side, he's definitely a a, a must start um, it, uh, when it comes to the running back position. Uh, the Jets' uh, run defense is. Uh, uh, the seventh worst in the league. So um, they're definitely um, definitely a good candidate for, for Balaj to, to have a breakout game against a, a team that uh, 
um, that didn't give him a chance. Uh, in terms of the uh, the uh, skill position wide receivers, um, Jose, you said Jameson Crowder. I definitely think he's um, a must start wide receiver two, uh, wide receiver three. Uh, in terms of the um, in, in terms of the the Charger side, uh, Keelan Keenan Allen um, is a guy that um, is Justin Herbert's favorite target. So um, I expect a big game from him. Um, and, and, and maybe a couple touchdowns, uh, because, uh, um, I just, I just, I just feel like him and Herbert are going to go crazy. Um, and then in terms of the quarterback play, uh, obviously, you know, you don't start Flacco, uh, Justin Herbert is a guy that you start every, every week. And I expect a three to four touchdown game from him. Yeah, absolutely. This should I mean, if, if Lynn cannot win this game, he should definitely be fired right after the game. <laughs> I mean, you got to be able to beat the Jets. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Got the Packers at the Colts. This should be a very good game, too. I mean, if you have Devontae Adams, I mean, you're, you just got to be happy that he's cleared and ready to go because you know he's going to get the looks, but we – it also looks like uh, we're going to get Lazard back. Um, will he steal some targets from uh, Adams, or will Adams still get his fair share? And the one that will hurt a little more from Lazard being back will be MVS. What do you guys think? Adams is going to be Adams. You know, Adams is, is, is probably the best receiver in the game right now. Um, I expect uh, him to get his fair share of targets that he does every week. Um, I think he gets what 10 to he's averaging how many targets a week last game. He had 12 targets uh, for San Francisco at 12. So, I mean, he's, he's averaging 11 to 12 targets a game. So I don't expect that to, uh, to change in terms of Lazard. Um, I know they're going to ease him back into the lineup, but when, when he gets going, I think it, he's going to get the, uh, the touches away from MVS. Um, I don't think MVS is that great of a player. Um, he did have two good games back to back, but they um, uh, they were all from uh, touchdowns. So um, definitely, if you have Alan Lazard, I wouldn't play him this week. I'd wait a week for him to get accustomed to playing again. Um, but then uh, the following week, I would definitely uh, play him. He's definitely a wide receiver two, wide receiver three flex person. Yeah. What? Um it should be an interesting game. Um, I wouldn't start Lazard as well. I think Devonte Adams is going to get his ten targets minimum. If, if Lazard is going to cut into anyone, it's going to be Tanyan and MVS. Um, you know the Colts have a good defense. Um, I think Aaron Rod Aaron Rodgers is going to get uh, two to three touchdowns because um, that run defense is pretty stout. So I wouldn't expect too much out of uh, Aaron Jones and Colt side of things uh, running back wise. I don't know what to expect. They're running back by committee. They're playing hot hand. Um, you know, last week it was Naheem Hines birthday, Hines uh, birthday. So keep that in mind. If it's your running backs birthday, he's going to get all the work and he's going to get you 20 to 30 points. Um, Gio Bernard, I believe his birthday is Sunday. So if you have him, do start him. you know, it's probably going to get like, 30 points based off of based off of that metric. Um, but yeah, Colts on the Colts side of things, I don't know who to start. 
running back wise. Um, the only option that I see for them, Michael Pittman, you know, he's, he's a guy that's sort of coming to his own. Um, it's been a great wide receiver rookie class. So if you got him last week or if you've been stashing him, now is the time you want to play him because um, he's really been integrated into that, to that, into that offense. Um, yeah. What do you guys think about Michael Pittman Jr.? I think he's great. Uh, yeah, he he looked good uh, good last week, uh, but I think um, I want to see more from him. Um, he had eight eight or seven catches, one hundred and one yards uh, versus the Titans last week, and um, he definitely has the potential. Um, coming out of USC, um, uh, he was definitely a, a guy that uh, um, was. Uh, uh, was great in college. And um, I just think if he had a better quarterback, I think he would, uh, he would definitely be more productive. Um, but, but then again, he was, uh, was he injured for a little bit? Yeah. He yeah, had the, he, uh, he had a, uh, a calf injury, but yeah, yeah, Michael Pittman's one of those guys. He He's a 50, 50 guy, put it up. He has such a large catch radius and he'll compete for the ball. Um, he's that type of wide receiver, very big bodied, great bloodlines. His little brother is probably going to be something special in the uh, NFL too. His dad was great with Tampa Bay and with a quarterback like Philip Rivers, who's, who likes to throw so many picks, he'll, he'll give you that 50, 50 ball, whether you want it or not. And Michael Pittman will go up there and fight for it. Yeah, definitely think, you know, another guy, if you, if you don't have him on your team, and and you need a, a wide receiver to pick up, he's very much available in most leagues. So definitely take a look at him. Um, last afternoon game of Sunday is uh, Cowboys at the Vikings. We get Andy Dalton back, so they're only kind of shitty now. Um, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, are, are we going to see anything from Ezekiel Elliott this season? I mean, he seemed... You know, we seem to see more piercings on him than we do touchdowns. Like, what's going on? Ooh. Uh, no, Dak. Yeah, it's really impacted Zeke. Uh, you, you'd expect him to rise to the occasion, but unfortunately he hasn't. I think they should be better with Andy Dalton, um, especially after, you know, Danucci. Um, ben fucking Danucci. Yeah, wide receiver... <laughs> Wide receiver wise, I, I don't know who to trust. Um, but with Andy Dalton, I think you should, you know, you get a slight b- bump in confidence from Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. I think Gallup's going to be the uh, odd man out. Um, Minnesota wise, um, I think it's going to be the Dalvin Cook game. I'm, I'm hopeful, especially when you see how bad they were against Cleveland and what they were able to do, y- you know, in that game. OBJ ran all over them. It could very well be Dalvin Cook with a career game. But at the same time, the Dallas Cowboys are horrible in pass defense. Could very much be Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Irv Smith. I mean, they should be able to get it going. Yeah, fantasy football-wise. But the, the huge if is they had their bye, so I don't know what to expect from them. They might show up for this game. Yeah, I don't, I don't see anything promising from the Cowboys. Um, the quarterback is definitely a uh, a big part of their problem, but I think the biggest part is their offensive line. Uh, everybody's hurt on their offensive line, and 
this is what is causing uh, the struggles um, with uh, Ezekiel Elliott and and all the other wide receivers for Dallas. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of their wide receivers, um, it's very hard to trust them. Um, they started off hot with with Dak, but now they've cooled off. Uh, Amari Cooper, um, I don't even know if I start him in this game. He's he's definitely a, a guy that was drafted uh, in in the uh, fourth or fifth round of a lot of leagues, and um, he's he's one of those guys that um, hasn't produced um, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, definitely agree with Brad. Dalvin Cook is going to have a, a monster game. Um, Justin Jefferson. Is, is 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 a great talent but uh he's very inconsistent so um his trend is to have uh, you know really good games and then and and then he he kind of disappears so um but he's definitely a, a must start um definitely definitely a, w- a wide receiver too uh for me um but the game uh, as it as is is gonna be um you know it, it's 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 a fantasy game you know it's one of those games where you you, you watch it because you have stakes or you have players that, um, that, uh, that are on your fantasy team. Absolutely. Yeah. Minnesota's actually, they've been on a tear of late. They've really found their groove. Um, you know, you hope that they can keep the trend going. I think the Dallas Cowboys are trying to find something. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see if this is anything more than just, um, a fantasy relevancy game. Um, Sunday night football game. We get the Chiefs at the Raiders. This should be a really good game. Probably high scoring again. Um, Derek Carr will probably be a very good streaming option this weekend. Kansas City's defense is okay, but teams have proven that you can score on them. Um, so what do you guys expect from this game? I don't. Um, it's, go for okay, it. Go ahead, uh, I think it's going to be competitive. I mean, uh, both teams are on top of the AFC West right now. Um, I know that uh, a, a couple of players on uh, on the Raiders were on the COVID list. Um, so I don't know what the update is on that in terms of the players that are out. But um, from the last game, I mean, the Raiders won. Uh, this is kind of a, a revenge game for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, because I guess the Raiders were um, circling around the stadium um, and, and, uh, you know, just saying F you to the, to the, to the Kansas city chiefs. So I definitely expect, uh, Pat Mahomes, um, uh, to put up uh, a lot of touchdowns, um, in terms of the running game, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, um, is, is having a great rookie season, but the Le'Veon Bell, uh, pickup kind of derailed his, uh, his, uh, his numbers. Um, so if you're a Clyde's Clyde Edwards Hilaire owner, uh, like myself, um, this is a game where you do you have to start him, but if he doesn't produce like like what uh, we expect, um, then you would have to start thinking about uh, other options. Uh, Travis Kelsey, um, Tyreek Hill, uh, those are always must starts every week. Uh, in terms of the Raiders side, um, I do like Derek Carr as a streaming option. Um, I, I think Kansas City is uh, susceptible to um, to um, high scoring points. Um, uh, Josh Jacobs had a monster game last week, even though I said he, you know, was kind of trending in, in the wrong direction, but uh, definitely a must start. Um, and then obviously uh, Waller um, is, is always a, a tight end one and, and a must start. Yeah. Um, you know, interesting game, especially when you take a look at their last matchup. Um, I think in that game, Kansas city gave up four plays of more than 30 or 40 yards. 
I don't expect that to happen again, but I do think that they can be exploited by Aguilar or Ruggs, someone with deep playability. And, you know, the Raiders have been really good at home. I I think they can definitely capitalize on that. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Um, And it's going to be a great one for fantasy football. Uh, Patty Mahomes, you're obviously starting him. CEH, you got to start him, especially if you took him in the first round. Um, Wide receiver-wise, we all know what to expect from KC. Um, We're sort of looking at Sammy Watkins. He got a full practice in this week. He re-popped up uh, earlier today with a hamstring injury. So definitely monitor that. And I believe Miko Hardman is still on the COVID-19 list. So if he's still there, uh, Sammy Watkins might be a viable option. Uh, an option, but if you want to bench them to see what you have, you can definitely do that because, you know, Sammy Watkins has been very unpredictable, um, you know, and, and Raiders wise, Derek Carr, definitely a streaming option. Uh, Josh Jacobs. Um, and I believe it was Richard or was it Booker last week who vultured two TDs from, for, yeah, from Jacobs. Jacobs could have had a monster game if those didn't get vultured from him. Um, you know, um, uh, I think this is one of those games where you can probably start Ruggs and Aguilar as a wide receiver three with wide receiver one upside. And, and obviously you're starting both tight ends, Kelsey and Waller, because they're probably one and two in the league right now. Absolutely. Definitely be a really good game. And then last game of the week, uh, Monday Night Football, we got the Rams at the at the Bucks. Um Definitely be a very entertaining game. Should we expect more from Antonio Brown in this game? Or are they going to continue to ease him in? I think I think with the um, with the Rams, uh, their defense is top notch. So in terms of Antonio Brown, um, I don't know if if you have him, if you want to play him this week. Um, his production um, has has increased uh, from uh, his first game to the to the to the game last week. Um, he had eight targets for seven receptions and 69 yards. Um, but I, I mean, I think Tom Brady is going to do his best to um, get him in the end zone in this game. So it's up to it's up to the fantasy owner if they want to take that chance. Um, I have Antonio Brown on my team, and I'm not going to play him because the Rams are. Are, are the best when it comes to the pass defense. Um, I think that uh, Jalen Ramsey is going to shadow over um, um, Mike Evans. Um, and um, the other corners that they have are pretty good as well. So um, I think it's going to be a tough game when it comes to uh, the receiving end for uh, for Tampa Bay. Um, in terms of the Rams side, uh, in terms of the receivers, um, I think they're going to, it's going to be a game where they need to throw to their receivers. So um, if you have uh, Cooper cup or if you have um, Robert Woods, I think you definitely um, have to start them um, in terms of Cooper cup um, versus um, Seattle. He was targeted, targeted uh, seven times and he caught five balls uh, for 50 yards, which is uh, which was a decent game for him. Uh, but in terms of them winning the game, I think he, um, he has to get into the end zone. Um, in this game, um, Josh Reynolds is a guy uh, that you guys always talk about uh, that has a lot of upside uh, when it comes to uh, the, the 
receiver position. Uh, big game last week, uh, 10 targets, eight, eight receptions, 94 yards. Um, but the thing with Jared Goff is that he's very, he, he likes to spread the ball around, whether it's to the receivers or to the tight ends or to the running backs. So I don't know if this is a game where uh, Josh Reynolds has, has another big game 